morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of The Blacksmith's Furnace with me, Robert. My lap, my wife here. Once again, no Peter, because Peter's a pagan. <laughs> and he was so eager not to do this podcast. Fam, <laughs> the way he was smiling, yeah, was nuts. I didn't want to comment because I was like, if I comment, yeah, it's mad. Yeah, so no Peter, so it's me and Mo again. So, um, so I was at my friend's house yesterday, hmm. female friend. Mm-hmm. Just chilling, watching football. Watch, watch a couple football matches, and um, as we're watching it, I came to like a realization. Mm-hmm. Like, I can understand how people cheat <laughs> <laughs> after they get married, and it's just like all of this while I was watching football. Yeah, no, because like, cause, 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 because like, well, they're watching football, and then. Um, I, I I just envisioned ah oh, when I'm married I'm gonna be you know w- watching football mm. every Sunday every Saturday you know and then it was just like fam people get people get bad comfortable in the relationships and and, and and thing you know doing that same thing over and over again mm. and I was just thinking ah so yeah not that cheating is is is, is acceptable but I, I I can understand why people can get bored and and want to look for excitement elsewhere. <laughs> I can, <laughs> I can see it, which is scary. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. So, yeah, so, 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 I feel like um, one of my greatest fears mm. with this whole relationship thing is my partner getting bored with me, mm. and that scares me. <laughs> so, you're you're not afraid of you cheating on your partner, or your partner cheating on you, either cheating or just leaving completely because they're bored. Yeah, that's mad. That's crazy. So, yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. Today. <laughs> It, 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 it kind of is. So, um, I want to ask you, man. Mm. How do you not get bored in your marriage? Um, I think... Yeah. Just celebrated five years and I'm, I'm not bored. That isn't a surprise, but it's just like... You sure you're not bored? I'm not. Because you spend bad time on that PS4. <laughs> but that's the thing I think there's a healthy there's a healthy balance in that we don't need to spend every waking moment with each other it's healthy for the relationship to have time together and time apart okay um, and so it's in the time apart that you do things and then almost when you come back together you're almost like oh this happened that happened blah 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 and then you're having that conversation about the time apart not all the time. Sometimes I just went to the gym and it, like, don't ask me questions about the gym. I just came back. But, um, and another thing for me that is the real challenge isn't necessarily me getting bored of my partner, but me finding new ways and loving her. Okay. And also it's, the challenge is, do you think God gets bored of you? Do you get bored of your relationship with God? Some people do. If you do, then I think you're just coasting because there's always something happening in your relationship with God. Yeah, we're going to get <coughs> on to that. We'll get on to that later. God on. is always like challenging and stuff. So I see my relationship with my wife as a reflection of my relationship with God. Um, not a mirror reflection, but I am called to love my wife as Christ loves the church, to wash her in the word and to present her to me um, without blemish. And that's a continual thing. 
And so I see the challenge in digging deep and loving her even when she's getting on my nerves. Digging deep and loving her even when she's not doing anything like particularly lovable towards me or whatever. But it's digging deep and loving her consistently. And so in that challenge of me growing in God and growing in who God has made me, there's also the challenge in growing as a husband. And that thus far hasn't has allowed me not to be bored just in trying to grow as a husband and loving my wife as I think she should be loved and as I feel God is leading me to love her. Okay. So how do you how do you feel like the day-to-day marriage stuff is different from what you envisioned it before you got married? So before I got married, I held like a traditional African sort of, I would say a traditional African where there was a carved out role for the woman in the house, a carved out role for the men in the house. Um, that has just been like thrown out the window where we're all doing everything kind of together. We're all embodying all the roles. So we both cook, we both clean, we both take care of Leia, we both do drop-offs, we both pick up, we both go work. Like, <clears throat> we're both coming at this relationship, giving our all. Um, but I think some of the tangible things is like, you almost have this idyllic sort of um, notion. So, ran- randomly, in, in my mum's house, the tendency is my mum will do the washing up every Friday. And this is just trivial. My mum will do the washing up every Friday. So every Friday, everyone will bring their stuff down, throw it into the washing machine, and my mum would just sort it out. Mm-hmm. And then you would have to take your stuff off the line and take it to your room when it's dry. Um, or if you wanted to help my mum out, you can hang the stuff afterwards. But I was seen as helping mum. After I got married, Friday came, I was just like, babes, why is the washing machine not on? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And she's looking at me like, what? I'm like, it's Friday. It's laundry day. Like, you know, put the thing in the washing machine. Um, well, she's like, why the laundry basket's not full? Like, so she operates slightly differently in her house where they just kept putting clothes into a laundry basket until it was full and then they'll wash it whenever it's full. Whether it was a Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever, they'll wash it then. Um, mine was Friday wherever the stuff is at bring it down we're gonna wash it um, so I realised that if I wanted it done in that manner I'm gonna have to get take charge over it mm. but it was there was a contention initially because I, I just assumed that she would do that and she just assumed that she would just continue with what she was doing so now there's a system but I'm f- very much in charge of that system where I'll bring the stuff down wash it hang it and then take it back upstairs Okay. And so I think it's the practicalities of things that didn't flesh out as I initially thought. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I don't know. I think um, the freshness of the relationship in terms of that, that's, that's like a weird analogy. But it's like you almost, as, almost assume that um, when you're caught in and stuff anyways, you almost assume oh, things will always be giddy. Things will, like, we all have our tiffs and stuff, but we'll, like, it's just going to work. <coughs> Without recognising that to make, to make a marriage work, you actually have to work at it. Mm. You actually have to, like, put in the work. You have to plan out date nights. You have to carve out intentionally time to be able to spend time with one another, to just be with one another and do things. Um, so you, there's an intentionality about remaining in love and being in a marriage that I had taken for granted before I got into it. And so we can all kind of get 
swept up in our day-to-day activities and like going to work and then just the practicalities of stuff and forget that we haven't invested in the relationship as much and so trying to create a balance in life where we actually invest in the relationship as much as we do in work and stuff like that yeah that's interesting <laughs> um do you think you ever cheat do i think i would ever cheat yeah i pray i don't mm, i pray i don't um and if you did what what would be the reason Oh, there's a bag of different <laughs> stuff that might cause Let's go to the list. <laughs> bag of different stuff. But it, it's one of them ones where it's like, my thing is, the wisest man had 300 wires and 700 concubines. He didn't cheat though. But yeah, 300. If you had 300 <laughs> wives, you don't need to. But the thing is, yeah, if, I, if he wanted to cheat, all he had to do was, yo, you're my wife now. Let's go. Let's go. Your mind. So he did the right thing. So he didn't do the right thing because we know that that led him astray. But he didn't commit adultery. <laughs> he didn't commit adultery, but it led him astray. How can one man have a thousand babes? Fam, if, if, if that's how many you need to satisfy it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing is like, um, there are a whole bag of different reasons. Um, and I think like lack of intimacy um, whether physically, whether emotionally, whether mentally, can lead a person to cheat. Um, boredom will lead a person to cheat. Just that excitement. Society can make a person decide to cheat. Now, I'm not going, you can't blame your cheating on society. That's just stupid. You can't society made me do it. No, you chose to do that. <laughs> That's just stupid. But like the wave of society in that um, seeking out new thrills, blah, 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 this and that, just seeing girls half naked, and then you're just like, oh, right, cool, let me do this. Um, so there could be that as well but um, there are some real issues that I'm that I'm aware of where I literally go to the guy fam well I don't I don't say it to him but I'm literally like if I was in your situation I would have cheated by now wow. and I've literally said this about a situation I was like if I was in that situation missing and I wouldn't try to hide it from her <laughs> it's that peak I wouldn't try to hide it from her now this is this isn't condoning cheating in any way shape or form but it's like it's recognising that I can I can understand why some people end up cheating some people for others you've got a good thing at home you've got a good partner at home and you still want to be a waste man or a waste girl um, so some I don't understand but my genuine prayer is that I don't cheat on my wife I genuinely pray that I don't. Mm. So yeah, I, I I can see why, and I I know that I'm not above it. So I genuinely pray, raw God keep me. I think if I was gonna cheat, I don't think I'd physically cheat. You don't think you'd physically cheat? No. So what what would cheating look like in that in that capacity then? I think it would be more of like an emotional sort of cheating. So you'd be emotionally attached to another girl yeah. and be detached from your wife? Not even detached, but whatever I, I couldn't get from my wife, mm-hmm. I'd go to the other babies to get it. Mm. If I was a scumbag, but I'm not a scumbag. <laughs> I don't. Do you know what? That's, that's, that's a good thing that you said. Not that you're not a scumbag, but the emotional side is I've, I've actually made a rule for myself 
not to talk to any girl about something before talking to my wife about it. Okay. It's helped me thus far. And you think it safeguards you? It safeguards me from being emotionally attached to another girl more than my wife. So do you have a rule about like going out with girls? I don't do it. Or never ever. So if I am going to do it, which I not going out as in going to a cinema or something like that, I, I rarely do that. But like going to a girl's house to go help her put her furniture or something like that. <laughs> my wife, <laughs> test out the bed after this, no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> my wife knows that I'm going to this person's house to do this. It should be about this time and then coming back. And it's like, it's very open. It's, a, it's like a conversational thing that involves everyone. Um, so yeah, I try to keep things very open with her. Um, the same with her as well. Um, yeah. I think honesty and vulnerability definitely comes into play when you're trying to safeguard yourself from cheating. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even cheating doesn't look like going somebody else. Cheating could be like, right, you've got a porn addiction. Mm. And then it's just like, you're now comparing your partner to whoever you've been looking at on whatever site you've been watching. So it's like you're cheapening her worth for something else. And so cheat like there's a physicality of cheating where you go with somebody else, but there's also the act of it where it's like you're up just watching porn. And then so yeah, there's there's different elements to it. And I think that the if we are able to cheat on God daily, we're able to cheat on our on our partners. And so we shouldn't really take it lightly. Mm. If you really see it on you, would you take her back? I doubt it. Why would the love your wife like Christ love, love Aye, the church? Christ said the only reason, the only legitimate reason for divorce is infidelity is adultery. So even Jesus allowed it. I didn't allow it. I don't think he. <coughs> he said. He said if you divorce your wife and go to somebody else, you committed adultery. Mm-hmm. If they go to somebody, you cause them to commit adultery. The only legal grounds for divorce is if they've already committed adultery. Cool. But then doesn't that take away from the model of loving Christ, loving your wife? It kind it does. Well? It kind of does. But Jesus did say as well that God permitted ado- uh, God permitted adultery. <laughs> God permitted divorce due to the hardness of men's heart. Now that's not a cop out or a get out clause and just be like, oh, my heart is hard. My heart is hard. I'm just gonna keep it as that and keep it moving. Obviously, there's gonna be a lot of damage, a lot of hurt that happened in that situation. Um, oh. But I think I will struggle. We've we've had this. Me and her have had this conversation. It's like if I was to cheat, she's gone. If I was, if she was to cheat, I'm pretty much gone, because I will struggle to maintain a relationship, knowing that I wasn't enough for you. Mm. Okay. So you believe Jimin is the right, the, the one for you, right? Hmm? You believe Jimin is the one for you. Yeah. Oh, you didn't start too <laughs> no, no, because of the conversation that we had the other time in terms of the one of the person. Okay, okay. Away. So that's why I, I kind of paused on it. But so, I, I will say Jamelia is the one I'm committed to. Okay. So, if she cheated and you broke up with her, would you would, would you get married again? Or is, is that done? I would struggle to trust another woman. Which would be unfair on her. Because she hasn't cheated on me. It's Jamelia who's cheating on me. But would you like actually go out? I don't think I'd actively go out. uh, Do you know what? I think, so I I know that I would struggle staying single 
I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I will struggle staying single. Um, and so there will be a tendency to look for someone. There will be that desire to look for someone. Um, but I don't know what the process would be like. If it'll be going out and looking or whatever. I know that there'll be so much that I'll be engaged in that that would hinder that active pursuit. So I've got children, with, I've got a child with Tamina. I've got a child elsewhere. I've got a career, blah, blah, blah. So it's like just daddy duties, work, all of this and that would severely impact anything else. Mm. Um, so the practicalities of it as well will be difficult. So I don't know how it would flesh out. And I hope I never find out. But um, yeah, I know that would be difficult to move forward if if either I was to cheat or she was to cheat. Definitely. That's not nice. Fam. And I think it, it's that main thing about I wasn't enough for you. Mm. So if I wasn't enough for you then, will I ever be enough for you? Probably not. So that's why I just be like, I can't do it. I just pick up a millionaire. Even then. Everyone loves a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. I think that that would be my fundamental struggle because it's just like whether you cheated emotionally i wasn't enough for you emotionally mm. physically i wasn't enough for you physically like i wasn't enough for you what was your fault though hmm? what was your fault then i think so like you're saying oh um, I, I, I wasn't enough emotionally well, well what have you actually went doing the emotional things that as a husband you 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 should have been doing then i think she should have challenged me on it what she tried to do, but you just brushed that aside. So you're trying to say, what if I pushed my wife into the position of cheating? Um, Reverse cowgirl. <laughs> 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 then that that will be, then I would need to take a long, hard look in the mirror and repent of that. But at the same time, she needs to take responsibility for her actions. Regardless of what caused it because she she decided to do what she did even if it was a case of um i wasn't available however i wasn't available and during that time like one of her friends became available and then she just it just started off innocently as like a conversation thing and then they went dinner and two twos blah 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 this happened that was still something that she actively chose to engage in and indulge in and took further Ooh. rather than reinvesting that time into our relationship so it's the case of if i'm emotionally unavailable and she's like why are you emotionally unavailable and i'm just brushing it to the side counseling call people around like bring it up in different ways in which to confront me with it rather than a cop out which is another person we're in a, we're in a society we're, in a, we're at a stage where that marriage counseling is on the table calling um, friends and families try to speak to me is on the table. Now, if the way that I am, if Jamila was to be like, oh, like we're growing distant, and I'm like, oh, I uh, can't really see it. And then it continues, but then like she tells someone and someone else comes to me and goes, yo, like Jamila's been feeling this sort of way. You might need to look into it. I'll take it seriously. Because I'll be like, you've gotten to the point where you've gone to somebody else. Mm. So I'll take it seriously. And also there's a there's a case in which I will start to sense it, that there's a distance between us. 
um we have had times where we've both been wrapped up in what we're doing that we haven't spent as i said we haven't been intentional about spending time with one another and we've both been like we feel like we're drifting a bit and so we're like all right cool we need to prioritize date nights we need to try to spend time with one another just not be so focused on achieving external things rather than building what already is Mm. um and so it's literally just about communication it's about how do you communicate with your partner because if you don't you're going to communicate with somebody else okay all right let's round up um hookups um i totally forgot about hookups how do you forget we do hookups every single week i know it's a mad i'm going for my phone right now all right so what you're doing yours i'll do mine mine is an app (coughs) called moneybox it's a savings app um so what you could yeah you can do a lot of things um what i'm currently using it for is i've set up a lifetime isa okay also known as a lisa um a lifetime isa yes nice so yeah so the, the idea is you 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 like put money aside like every week and then um money box will go and invest that money for you so you, you get a bit more extra and you can take it out one even when you're looking to buy your first house or when you reach like i think the age of 60 mm. and like whatever like like however money ho- however much money you put in there every financial year up to four thousand pounds the government will match 25 percent of it so like if you save four thousand pounds then the government will put another thousand pounds on top of it sort of thing and yeah so it's, it's like a way of saving but um you get penalties for like taking out money and you can do things like roundups. So, like, say you pay pay for something with um with your card that costs eighty mm. p, then it will take another twenty p and then um put it into the account, sort of thing. So it's just like saving, 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 and then it invest the money to bring you a bit more money in, and yeah, this is I'm I'm on Fam, I'm downloading that right now. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, downloading that right now. It's been interesting. Um, I haven't seen. I'm in the process of, of like my first investment, so mm. I'll see how much. Yeah, but with investment, it's like a long term thing, so mm. it's not something that you can like make quick money from. But it's definitely a nice way to put money aside, mm. know, know that's working for you, and, and, and not have to think about it. So yeah, money box, check it out. That's dope. So my um, fingers app as well, and this app. Is called just get this. It's called um, what day one journal, day one journal. Okay, and it's it looks like a calendar, mm-hmm. but then you get to journal on the calendar and it saves it under the date that you um journaled. And every entry kind of gets its own entry into the date and what it does is it collates your journal entries onto a visible calendar so you can kind of go back and see the days that you've journaled and at the end of the year you can get your journals printed out into a book form for you okay so you have to pay you have to pay for it but you you can get it printed out in a book form which is which is a nice touch so you kind of see on this day i wrote this that day i wrote that Mm. um yeah, I've I've tried to start taking journaling, <coughs> not journaling as in like 
I felt this today. Even that might be beneficial actually, but it's more so um, writing down random thoughts and stuff that come into my mind and ideas that come into my mind rather than just kind of letting them come in and then flow out. Just yeah. writing them down and then knowing that, all right, I don't need to remember this because it's down so I can kind of come back to it later on mm. and see if I can develop it somehow. Um, so yeah, it's more for like ideation and just things that stand out to me. Okay. And reflections and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, day one journal. Cool. All right, back to the conversation. So you touched on it a bit before, mm. but so we talked about boredom and relationships and stuff. So I want to talk about boredom with your relationship with God next. Mm. So how do you keep? Um, yeah, I feel like even it's it's so much easier for you not to work on your relationship with God as opposed to mm. like normal people, human mm-hmm. people. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, how do you stop your relationship with God going stale? How do you do that? Um, I like reading the Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I don't, if, if I don't connect to God, He's gonna smite me. Trust me, <laughs> no. But um, I like the Old Testament because it shows God actively working in the lives of the Israelites and like mm. whoever, whoever it is, and. Um, no, I don't want to say it like takes my breath away because my breathing is quite fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm always like in awe of like mm. all the things that that God has done for those who serve him, and and like, even when they're being pagans, he's still mm. he's he's still there. He's still making sure everything is okay with them. Mm. And yeah, so going through the Old Testament is how it just like rouses me up, gets me re- rejuvenated. Mm. Yeah, that's the, that's what I like to do. <laughs> ah, that's, that's good I think um, hmm. I don't think I've actually thought about how do I keep my relationship with God and even like having conversations with people mm. about God mm-hmm. going to events even going to church um, I know that I, 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 like when I can I'll go to like a French church mm. Um, knowing that I won't have to do anything, so mm-hmm. I can just focus on being yeah. in the service. It's always like a nice refresher. Mm. Mm. Nice to be rejuvenated here. A message from a different type of pastor than you're used to. Yeah, which like makes you think about things in a way you wouldn't normally. I think one way that I have initially done it, anyways, was just studying. Um, because it's the more you study, the more you realize you don't know a lot of things. Yeah, and so you just want to consume even more, and the more that you do it, the more you start to make time to do it. Because you're like, no, I really don't know this. I don't know this, and then just reading books, reading theology books and different things like that, and just studying the word was one way that I was just like, yeah. And then so times when I wasn't necessarily reading or studying. I was almost chewing over what I had already read and studied and trying to figure out how it worked into different things. But that is very cerebral. It's very head-focused in terms of not being bored because my mind is being actively engaged with God. Mm -mm -mm. Um, But I think recently it's been the realisation that God is invested in me more than I am invested in him. 
Yeah. So it, it's he is actively pursuing me and coming after me way more so than I can do. So some people pride themselves on praying for two hours straight, um, which well, is good for you, innit? <laughs> what more can I say? <coughs> but it's like God doesn't stop singing over you. He doesn't stop watching over you. He doesn't stop his communication with you. He doesn't stop being for you. Simply because you finish praying and you've moved on doesn't mean that God necessarily has. Mm. And it's that intentionality and consistency with which God pursues us and inputs into his relationship with us is one that I am now finding more of a catalyst to plug in and not be bored because it's like God is actively at work. Yep. And so I just want to engage with what he's doing. So yeah, that I think has kept me more so recently. And I think becoming a husband has kept me from, from being bored with God. Because okay. I'm like, God, I can, the only real way that I can love this woman is if you help me. Like, genuinely to help this, to love this woman the way I'm called to love her, I need your help. And so I'm constantly going to God like, God, like, how do I father these children that you've given me? How do I love this wife? How do I be a good son? to my mom how do i like serve these young people at church well how do i do what you've called me to do and so there's this interaction where it's like all right i'm acknowledging who you are i'm acknowledging who you've called me to be now i'm just asking like how do i do what you've called me to do mm. yeah so there's this constant um interaction around yeah not necessarily doing but also being how to be the husband you've called me to be and how to be the father you've called me to be, the minister or whatever you've called me to be. So just that push to be more like him, to reflect him, to engage in stuff keeps me from being bored because it's like there's always something to do. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think boredom is a feeling God has? Firstly, I don't think boredom is a bad thing. You don't? I don't. Boredom is actually healthy. Periods of boredom is healthy. Let me think. Is that good to be bored? I don't think so. It is, because in periods of boredom is where you actually generate ideas. Is where your mind wanders. Is where you start to look at random things that you won't necessarily always have looked at. You would hope that. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, the, um, psychologists actually say that it's good for children to be bored. Now that we're in an age of social media and stuff and tablets and everything, there's always stimulation. Mm. So then you're never left with your thoughts. You're never left with just you. Mm. So you never have to face the question of who am I? What am I doing here? Like, what's my purpose in life? Because you're not bored. You've always got a tablet, you're on, so you don't need to think about what's my purpose because this guy is entertaining me on, on YouTube. There's always some sort of distraction that we can easily access. So we don't think about certain things. But when you're bored, your mind actually starts to wonder, like, why am I here? Blah, 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 this and that. And that's when it's through that wondering that you start to process different things. You start to figure out who you are, start to identify what you like. Um, you start to reflect on interactions that you've had, self-improvement and stuff like that. So it's almost, you then lead into um, periods of reflection, contemplation, um, 
sometimes boring is when you're bored you're just bored there's nothing to do you're just going around for a walk but even that might be a catalyst of bo- uh, being bored you've realized that i enjoy walking it helps me take my mind off things and stuff like that just it helps me view the world as it is without just driving make boredom seem so exciting <laughs> and so boredom is actually a good thing and most ideas have come from i say this as a general statement but ideas tend to come when your mind has time to be idle so it's like when you're washing dishes and you, you you've done it so much that you don't need to think about it you've got the time for your mind to be idle and then you're almost chewing over certain things that's happened before some people when they're when they're stressed, they like to go drive or whatever. Or when they're bored, they'll just go driving or walking or something like that. You're, mm. you're doing something you're used to doing, so you don't need to think much about it. Mm. Your body just gets hold of it, and then your mind can <coughs> then have the space in a room to consider or contemplate whatever else it wants to. So boredom is actually a good thing. And I think... Um, for me to have gotten to the place that I am now, I have had to spend a lot of time with myself just thinking and mulling over different things. And so I don't, I tend to say I don't get bored because my mind just starts racing on different things and I start thinking about different things. So I'm still actively engaged in something, utilizing that time. So Mm. I do think that there is that time within God because God is able to communicate himself so well. He knows himself so well. And to know yourself you need to spend time with yourself. God has had an eternity with himself. He knows himself very intimately and deeply. So you think there are times he, where he, he gets bored? I don't think he gets bored, but I think he spends time with himself. Like, the, the Trinity is a community. It's like, it's been described as um, the sun is the, obviously as the word let me not go into that let me not go into <laughs> let me not go into all of that um, but you think they talk with each other God Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit I think so from the way that I almost understand it it's almost like there is no real need to talk because they're so one Ooh. so it's just like they can have they can share in this love and relationship of just being rather than doing. So God doesn't need to do to be God. He is just God. His being is God. And in him being, he's still being triune. So without him doing, he's still being triune. Okay. Yep. I agree with that. So yeah. um, Which then throws in when Jesus said, the things that I do, I saw my father do, and the things that I say, I heard my father say. So it, again, it's like, did he hear his father say it to him? I would argue no. Did he say? Did he see his father doing it on the earth and like being saying it in the earth? I would argue yes. Um, it's just simply due to the triune relationship, but I could be wrong. Um, I'm trying to peer into the divine with my limited fallible mind yeah because I remember reading a book about anger not being a bad emotion because God gets angry Mm -hmm. so like the anger we feel is like a corruption of like the holy anger that Mm. that God has so I was just thinking are there any do you think there are any attributes that we have that God doesn't have or sin (laughs) oh no no, no, okay I mean like 
emotions. Emotions. And um, I haven't thought through this fully, but in my immediate response is no, because I believe that God made us with our emotions. Do you think God experiences lust? But lust is love corrupted. Mm. Is an unhealthy. So lust is. Um, I I used to. I still do. Bound lust in with greed. An unhealthy appetite for something. Okay. So lust is predominantly sexual. Mm-hmm. An unhealthy appetite for something sexual. Does God have any sexual desires? I don't think he's a sexual being. Mm. So I don't think God is neither. I think God is neither male nor female. He's he's asexual. He's he's not, he's not a sexual being. So he doesn't reproduce in that in that manner. The biblical expression of him, and even not just biblical, but just in general and for most religions, is he, because for the most part, societies have been very patriarchal where the male is elevated to the head, but it doesn't necessarily assign that gender to him. Because we know that within the Godhead, there is both masculine and feminine attributes. Yeah. And um, Jesus described himself as the mother hen um, drawing Jerusalem into him, but he didn't want to come. And so that's a feminine attribute. So, yeah. <coughs> I believe that God is a, like doesn't have a gender. He's not gendered. Mm. Um, he doesn't present himself as gendered. He does present, I'm the husband, you're the wife, and blah, blah, blah. But this is more um, analogies for humans to understand the relationship. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't believe God is gendered. Um, so I don't believe God can lust. I believe that God's love for us is, is, is that, is love. It's healthy, it's wholesome. But we've corrupted it. We lust, like a husband can lust after his wife. Um, an unhealthy appetite for sex where she becomes an object of that lust finish your phone no no way that was my (laughs) (laughs) yeah where your wife becomes an a subject to that lust okay or your husband becomes subject to that lust and it's just like you're only as good as your body parts I just want to interact with that you can shut up would do whatever it might not be that explicit but yeah so I think you can last after your wife or after your husband or after your partner um, this could get sad yeah the Bible says it gets grieved mm. we can grieve the Holy Spirit so what does God's sadness look like so I'll I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll go from grieving the Holy Spirit okay. it's when we do stuff that we know we shouldn't do and God is grieved God is hurt um, and what does it mean to be grieved like, just to be like hurt, to be sad, to be like, um, you've been like your children have disobeyed you, and it hurts you because it's like, you know better. I've taught you better. Why are you doing this? But then, does he get sad if he knew we knew we were gonna do what what we did? Yeah, because I believe that even even though like God is omnipotent, sovereign. Um, he knows everything and he's in control he still walks with us through the moment to moment even though he's outside of time Mm. so 
Jesus knew, Jesus said that I lay down my life and I, I pick it back up. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down that I may pick it back up. Mm. So he knew that he was going res- to rise from the dead. He knew about the resurrection. He, it's like, it, it was written about him. He had spoken it, all of them things there. But yeah, I get seven and he was like, let this cup pass from me. So that reality didn't negate the reality of him saying, if, if, if this can happen without me dying, take this away from me. But nonetheless, let your will be done. So I believe that it doesn't negate the emotion within the time, even though God knows everything. I believe that God still lives with us through the emotion of the time. It's not like, so let's put it in a, in a tangible way. Um, someone's house gets raided. Mm-hmm. They see their, their partner getting beaten up, like just violated in different ways. God is not going to say, I knew that was going to happen before you were born. Shut up, let's just keep moving. <laughs> like God is not going to say that. God is going to walk through, through that situation with you <coughs> in real time mm. as you're experiencing it, even though his foreknowledge already knew that that was going to happen. So our experience of God's heart, of God's mind, of God's interaction with us happens in time, even though God is outside of time. Mm. And because he's outside of time, he already knows everything that's bound in time. Yeah. So yeah, um, I believe that God experiences emotions. I believe he gave us emotions. And so I believe that to be a healthy, wholesome Christian, you have to take your emotions seriously. You have to take your emotions seriously. Like Jesus said, lust, um, adultery isn't just when you've actually had sin with the person, but lusting after the person in your heart, you've committed, you've committed adultery. Mm-mm-mm. And so once that emotion is embedded within you, you're already halfway there, even though you haven't acted on it. In God's eyes, you've done it. Yeah. And so he is holding you accountable for your emotions just as much as your actions. And as much as a husband would be like, oh, okay, cool. You lost it after the other guy, but you didn't sleep with him, so it's all right. Um, if you start calling out the guy's name when you're with him, it might become a problem. Jeez. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's that God takes your emotions and what you feel seriously. He's like, is you worship me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. Mm. So he takes that very seriously. Um, so yeah, so I believe God cares about man holistically everything regarding you and I say man loosely so man woman um holistically so everything concerning you he is interested in and there is no part of your being that is trivial before God and so to take your walk with him seriously you need to take seriously everything that he has given to you um from your biggest flaw to your biggest asset you need to submit everything to god and see it as like you're beautifully and wonderfully made he made you on purpose and he is woven things together on purpose so submit it into his hands you be able to move more closer to that purpose mm. yeah okay um let's round up <laughs> I'm tired. thank you for listening guys um peter should be back next week Yes, sir. For that last week, but you know, mm. <laughs> a shout out to Rude. Oh, yeah, he wasn't here last week. Exactly, because he's a pagan. He, he didn't. He didn't mention. He didn't give his comments on the on the thing. He didn't. He's a pagan. You're a pagan, Peter. <laughs> Wait, listen to this. No, you're a pagan. 
pagan. <sighs> but anyway, shout out to Rude for the intro outro music. Carbon and Turner for the new amazing logo. You can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash the Blacksmith's Furnace No Apostrophe on all good podcast websites. Blacksmith's Furnace with an apostrophe. Twitter at the Furnace UK. Email tbsfurnace.hotmail.com. I think that's everything. Nancy Meets is coming out soon. Don't know. Peter will tell us when the next time he's in. He might not be in until like after the after the season's done. Yeah. Probably might not be until next year. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's not five years almost to come to an end, you know. This is it. It's crazy. We'll do a review a review the year. Baseball. Cool. Any shout outs from you? Um no. I think that's everything, you know. All right, all right, all right. Then I guess it's the Blacksmith's Furnace signing out. Blow. Hello, can you?